0: Our reality is but a dimension, the uppermost layer in a tower of mirrors. Beneath it are the many reflections cast by our reality, similar but not entirely the same. A staggering number of worlds, lands beneath a dark sun, a world of three moons forsaken by the gods, realms long forgotten and countless thousands more. You are about to enter one such reflection. A world still recovering from a magical apocalypse. A place where magic is regulated, goblins trade their wares throughout the lands, and the north is dominated by giants. Today, the sun rises over Hymerion and the Wilderin. This is An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. And now, Chapter 5 of An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story.
1: As you're walking by the individuals in the town, they greet you, they ask you what your business is, not suspiciously or demanding, just a friendly, hello, where are you from? How are you? What's your business here?
2: We're looking for institution that would have the learned ones. We have our wise man. That would be perfect. If you would be so kind as to direct us, as to where we could find the wise man.
1: The man you're speaking with is is a young Valanasi, even though Valanasi all seem to look young, to you anyway. He turns and starts walking up a wooden stairway. He turns back and looks at you and as if to beckon you forward. I'll follow. And you ascend into the trees. Ah, like home. Very much like home, only there's houses built into the trees. You go up perhaps... 50, 60 feet. He takes you across a series of catwalks. You can see scaffolding set up for new houses that are being built. The citizens of the town walk by and they nod and, and greet you. There's no walls around this town or any town for that matter in the wilderness. There's just not a need till of course, recently, all of these strange things have been happening. After about a 15 minute walk, he takes you to another set of stairs. And at the base, he says, climb the stairs. At the top is the wise man's home.
2: Thank you for your time.
1: He nods and takes your leave. As you walk up the stairs, you get an exceptionally good view of the surrounding area. You can see for quite a distance. It's a lot brighter up here. The canopy thins out a little bit with the houses that are being constructed up there or have been constructed. And you find yourselves at an intricately carved wooden door. There's images of trees and birds and wildlife on the door. The architecture is traditionally Valanasi, peaked roofs that have a gentle slope to them, an overhang of the roof, reliefs carved into the walls, wooden carvings of animals where the roof ends and the body of the house begins. The windows are circular. They have panes of glass on them. Here you find yourselves.
2: Is there a knocker on the door? Or a bell of some sort? There is not. Then I will softly rap on the door a few times.
1: After a moment, the door opens, a woman appears in the doorway. She looks you over, says, Travelers, do you seek the wisdom? We do, if
2: it is convenient for the wisdom.
1: It is always convenient for the wisdom, no matter what time of day. She steps aside and beckons you to enter.
2: Mokwe, if you'd be so kind as to bring acorn. I have a child. Perfect, shall we? I'll enter.
1: She takes you into a a large room. It's lined with books and scrolls. There is a fireplace in there, though there's no fire in it. None that, that you recognize. The flames are magical in nature. They cast heat and light. It seems to maintain a perfect temperature within the room. Sitting in a chair is a very distinguished Balanasi man. He looks old. He's got a long white beard that trails down to his belt. He's balding, has long white hair down to his shoulders. He's got a pair of round spectacles that are gold rimmed sitting on his nose. Step forward and bow. He nods to each one of you, beckons you to sit. There's several chairs and sofas in the area.
2: I'll take a stool. Chairs don't have a lot of room for my tail.
1: I'll uh, I'll take a sofa with the child. I'll take a chair. I am the wisdom of this groove.
2: And you're exactly the person we need to see. What question have you for the wisdom?
1: Before I ask, I have to ask a uh, question about the child. How much has the child grown? The, the child is almost three feet tall. Mindy taller than me. It has gone from under a foot to three feet tall in a couple days. It's still rather thin. It's still rather pale. It will bask in the sunlight like it did that first day when you left Forest Glen. Will it wear the fur or does it cast it off? It wore the fur at night. It will not wear it during the day.
2: Wisdom, we've come upon a peculiar happenstance, and we're hoping that maybe through your knowledge, you could give us a little direction and a little understanding of this particular happenstance. Speak your question. Do you know what Oma is? It means grandmother. Is there any other meaning that perhaps is hidden through antiquity? To my knowledge, there is not. Okay, would you, since you were the witness of the happenstance would you be so kind as to uh illuminate the wisdom
1: with less exaggerations this time well as the story goes we have this
3: acorn thing that looks like an acorn i pulled that out of my back
1: bring it to me i give it he inspects it continue your tale
3: during the evening i kept hearing the word oma and i felt drawn to the messenger bag where we were storing this item i picked it up, looked at it, and I saw the ruins look like they were being illuminated with some sort of magic. So I started tracing them, and then I gave the top a little twist, and from it came that.
1: That is, creature is far too large to have been inside this. It was much smaller then. It was that size two days ago. It's this size today. Fascinating. And where did you get this item? From a
3: messenger that was being chased by the Faceless Ones.
1: Through the Wilderin? Yes. The Faceless Ones were in the Wilderin.
3: They were able to enter somehow.
1: When you say they were able to enter somehow, that suggests that they were once outside of the Wilderin.
3: Yes. We've seen what appears to be the veil as they came through open, and they came through. They came out of the plains, towards the edge of the woods, originally seemed to
4: stop, and then eventually came charging in. Specifics,
1: then. Very good. They were outside of the Wilderun, but somehow managed to get in. That is correct. And you bore witness to them enter the Wilderun from the outside. And we had slain them as well. That is good news. However, what is concerning is no creatures of evil have been able to enter the Wilderun since very, very early on. Magical. That was
2: our understanding, but we witnessed it with our own eyes.
1: They are intent on killing the child. Do you know Why? know, but the child might be a magnet to them.
4: Are we assuming that
5: what we fought last night, those are also faceless?
1: Yeah.
4: faceless one trolls,
1: damn it. They were much larger. It's as if they knew the child was there. So again, we faced
5: more yesterday as well in our travels.
1: Two large, hulking
5: faceless ones last evening.
1: The fact that they entered the wilderness is concerning because they should not have been able to do so, not from the outside. That can mean but one thing, that the magical barriers of the wilderness are
2: failing, Another reason why we're here. The Valinesti, I believe, are the caretakers of the Wilderin.
1: We are in part the caretakers. We are the protectors. However, every citizen of the Wilderin has a duty to protect a sacred home.
2: We wholeheartedly agree. But as the protectors, you now know that the barrier may need fortification of some kind. Whether it is in manpower or renewed magics, either way, they chased this child. They chased the acorn that contained the child. And then once the child was born from the acorn, they are now chasing the child. And it's not like they tried to take it because one of the creatures did try to dispatch the child, was lucky enough to have missed. And the child beckons
1: us to travel east.
2: To travel east. It keeps pointing in an easterly direction, and we hear in our heads, it has not vocalized anything at any point, we hear in our heads, Oma child speaks to you through telepathy. If that's what you're going to call it, yes. Nope. Continuously.
1: What do you mean nope? I haven't heard a damn peep. Hmm. You've heard nothing, but your companions have heard the voice in their heads.
4: Either that or they're a little
3: loopy. I think that one of the bigger questions is what do those ruins on the acorn
1: mean? These runes that you speak of, they are fey in origin, an ancient fey language. Those, Sir Dragon, are lost to antiquity.
2: So actually transcribing them is probably not going to happen.
1: It is beyond my ability, I would not say, that it is not going to happen. This language is older than the Fae language that our researchers have grown used to transcribing. This
2: is far older. That in itself is information because we did not know it was a Fae language, and now we do.
1: The magic barrier, should it fall, puts everybody at risk. It is more severe than you may think. It will not only allow the wickedness of the outside world to come into our forest, but it is the magical energy that keeps kind alive. The wilderness feeds its denizens, those that whose ancestors dwelled here. The satyrs, the fairies. With the magic lost, their numbers will begin to dwindle until they grow extinct.
2: And I'm delighted that we could bring this information to you so that it could be passed on. We are going to continue east with the child I've named Acorn because that is the direction it wishes to go. If we could beseech you to reach out to the other Valanesi, I'm sure you have means that travel faster than us, and with us engaged in this particular journey, it would be best that as many know this as possible.
1: I will send a runner to each village in each
2: city, but you must discern what is the cause of the failing magics of the Wilderin. We hope to do so if it comes across our path, because we have no idea if that or Acorn's wish to go east are the same thing.
5: Where does the veil originate? What's the center or
1: where is the actual space that the wilderness veil comes from? It comes from the magic of Hymurin. The world itself is a magical being. It is more than just a lump of rock. It is a living creature. The magic that is summoned by those who do not gain their magic from the gods, they channel the very magic of Hymurin. Much like the rain falls and feeds the plants and the animals and rises again into the sky only to fall again, it is part of Heimuren itself. It was there since the very formation of the world and we thought that it would remain forever. However, what you told me is grave indeed, for it is an indication that there's not only a failing of the magic in the wilderness, but perhaps in Hymurin itself. So we need to find somebody who- is scholarly in fey antiquities. Not many of those left, but there is, there is a wise witch in the swamp to the east. Is her name Iskander? Skander? Magia. Magia? Magia. Magia is a very long-lived being. She has been in the wilderness since time immemorial. Since the ancient times, since before the war with the dragons and the giants, since before the fall of the Fae civilization, since before the sundering of the world, she was here when these trees were but saplings.
2: Then perhaps she'll know.
1: Magia is dangerous. If you were to ask Magia a question, you must give her something in return, for knowledge is the greatest wealth any
2: could have. She will not give it freely. Then I guess we'll have to see what her price is.
1: Do you happen to know of anything that would please her? I could think of several things that might please her. Knowledge, a gift of some kind. Magia does not enjoy material things. She has too long lived to want baubles. A song. Something special and unique.
4: A bottle of wine, a box of chocolates, some candlelight, set the mood. Probably been a while since she's had a date.
1: Perhaps. Alright, Mokui, you're up on that one. We'll see when the time comes for that.
2: Well then. You have been informed and warned. By your leave, we'll try to find some respite for the evening, a little bit of supply, and we will continue our journey. If anything else presents itself, I'm sure you'll have no problem finding us. We kind of stick out as a group, and we know where to find you. My
1: apprentice, Savine, she will show you to the nearest inn. She will ensure that it is of no cost to you or your companions if you wish to have horses or ponies to make the ride easier.
4: Even a pony is three times my size. Maybe like a large dog?
1: We'll see what we can do. You'll let the innkeeper know. It'll hasten your travel. I fear that time is of the essence with this. As do I. For the first time in centuries, the Balanasi may have to raise an army.
2: The sooner the better. May
5: have to is not a question. You should definitely start recruiting and assembling
1: an army. The first battle
4: was fought a year ago.
1: And it appeared as though the problem was solved. However, it seems the problem is greater than we initially thought.
2: Well then, with that being not necessarily a battle, but a skirmish, and the reappearance of the Dark Ones, and the veil potentially weakening, I don't think the war is quite over, or even here yet. I think that was simply a battle.
1: Perhaps it is yet to begin.
2: Perhaps. But we'll have to leave that in your hands at the moment. By your leave?
1: Yes. I scoop up the child and make my way out the door. Savine is waiting for you at the door. She's got the door open. The lady? The wisdom asks that I take you to the nearest inn. I will escort you there. Please lead on. We interrupt this podcast of an acorn journey to talk about our sponsor. Are you a veteran DM with more campaign ideas than prep time? Yeah, of course you are. Aren't we all? Does your party have a habit of going to the person or place that you would least expect? If they're like my group, they sure do. What if I were to tell you that I could put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk to cut down on your campaign prep? What if I were to tell you that you could bring them along with you at your game sessions for when those pesky players go off the rails? Sounds pretty good, huh? With Describe, we could do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there. And there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up, copy and pasteable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. I've been running games for the better part of 40 years, and I must admit, I've gotten a bit lazy. I just don't have the time I used to. And I've been using Terrain, which is minimizing my need for descriptive narratives. Stuff is right out there in front of you. Why describe it? When I was prepping for an Acorns journey, a DMD story, I used describe quite a bit. When you listen, you can hear it. One of the things I like the most about Describe is that if the narrative doesn't fit perfectly with your encounter, it's easy to modify while still sounding really good. I did that an awful lot. I think this makes the more than 6,000 narratives that they have available for you even more valuable. It almost doubles what you have at your fingertips. You should give it a shot. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to Describe.com backslash DMD. That's dot com backslash DMD. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to an Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. She leads you across a maze of catwalks to a large, comfortable, circular building that climbs up a tree. There's massive branches that are protruding from the building itself. She opens the door so you can enter. She follows behind you, has a word with the tavern keeper, and nods takes her leave of you. Thank you. As she leaves. The tavern keeper, a burly fellow, uh, burly by Balanasi standards, he's leans across the bar and says, I am instructed to provide you with rooms this evening. We would appreciate that. You may eat, drink to your heart's content, and then I will show you to your
2: rooms. Excellent.
1: Mm-hmm. Can I have a booster seat on the bar stool? I take a seat at the bar and
2: I, I sit the child next to me. I'm going to lean over and whisper to Madre's ears, how are we managing with these bridges? They sway quite a bit, and though they may not notice the green color, are you well? I am... I am well.
5: It's, you know, I just must uh, practice my dexterity. Fine. Just want to check. I am much more sprightly than you let on, brother.
1: Tavern Keeper plops a mug of ale in front of you. I happily begin drinking. I was
5: just thinking about, we need to go to see this Magia, correct? That's the goal.
1: Yes. Do you have a glass of water? Of course. Could I have one, please? Yes. Brings you a tin mug full of water. I offer the tin mug of water to the child. The child looks at the water, looks at you, looks at Mokui, blinks twice, takes the water and drains the entire cup, and then pushes it towards you and looks at you. More, please. Brings back another tin cup. To the child. The child drains it, pushes it towards you.
2: Again? Hearing. Early on, I didn't discern any evidence of a sex on the child. If you feed it too much water, how is this going to evacuate itself?
1: I don't I, change diapers. I don't know, and I guess we'll find out. But it's thirsty. As
3: you go to get, order another thing of water, I'm going to take my water skin, put my water skin up on the
1: counter, see how much it actually drinks from the water skin. It looks at Mokui, and then it an earring, takes the water skin, and lifts it up to drink from it. And then it shakes it, lifts it up to drink again, and then shakes it, and has a puzzled look on its face. I will reach over and unstopper it. <laughs> the child looks at you, looks over the earring, and then drains the entire water skin in one long gulp without taking any, any breaths in between. In a couple more days, I'm going to take
3: you on a drinking contest. Just got to wait for you to grow up. Are there any other patrons in this inn? There's a few. In trying to keep it as quiet as possible, I'm going to say, I know we need to find this person, but... Who can we really trust? I mean, if they have these things that can track this thing from what we see, what other agents do they have in place in case it can't be tracked now?
2: The child only spawned to what two days ago? And how many, times H- how, many we- how many agents can be placed in front of us when they don't know which direction we're going until we actually start going there? True. I understand your concerns. I think they're premature at this point. As long as we keep moving, and we're, it's likely that we may be changing directions. We may have to go back to the wisdom in the morning and try to get some kind of more accurate directions, a map, reference points, something of that nature. Yeah, at least this one reads. But I think that's a concern for the morning. So we're going to take a rest. We need it. We have rooms. Uh, yeah, it was a bit broken up, at least for those of you. I mean, I got rest. Madre did get injured. There is a certain amount of rest, even though he's got magical healing, that's going to come along with that.
1: Do you still need healing? No, I do not need healing. Thank you. I could definitely use a night's sleep. As as I. I'll try. Just find me a drawer. The tavern keeper will hand you two sets of keys.
2: Write key. it up as you will. Well, there's already the two of you and the child, so Madre and I and Dash will take the other room. Just hang my head. You have to understand, if you try to put a child in our, our room, he's just going to end up in yours anyways. That's fairly obvious to everyone, despite your likes and or dislikes. He is Fine. following you.
1: Well, where are you from? Why? I'm just curious. The Wilderin. But where in the
3: Wilderin? Well, originally, we won't get into that right now. Too long of a story.
1: I can understand. I figured you were from Holyoke. The tavern keeper pours you a drink and pushes it towards you and said, Well, I have time to hear your story. <laughs> I take my drink and the key and go to my room. So, what's on the menu, innkeeper? I have a mutton in the back. I have potatoes on the fire. I have cheese. I will happily take all of that. I have Valanasi honey bread. Keep going. (gasps) Turnips, beets, carrots. Oh, I'll have it all, please.
2: I'd be delighted with a couple of honey cakes, a little extra crispy, and a good chunk of mutton, um, as rare as you're willing to serve.
1: I find a table. Perfect. Head to table. He comes out with a platter that's about four feet long. It's got everything on it. There's a large pitcher in his other <laughs> a hand. Buffet for one. He puts it down <laughs> on the table. It is a custom of our people to eat our meals in this way.
2: There's nothing wrong with that way. Not at all. Hear that, Dash? This is the way.
4: This is the way.
1: Stand up on my chair, push
4: all the vegetables over towards our little people, pull the mutton over a little closer, and grab a knife.
1: I'm glad you're not using your bloodied short swords. <laughs> <laughs> badger blood on it
5: tavern Key, before you go uh do you have access to a map of the area we can study
1: no i don't well crap <laughs> would you happen to know anyone in town that has a map of the area oh, the wisdom is said to have maps of all of the wilderness and parts of the outside world oh thank you i'm gonna pull a gold coin out of my pocket and hand it to him i was instructed that this is free of charge and this is my thanks for that well i thank you good sir And so does my family. It'll go back to the bar. And we'll eat.
2: Acorn did mimic drinking for the first time. It did drink. It mimicked your drinking. So it did, yes, drink. But until this point, it hasn't done anything of the sort. So let's see if watching you eat, it decides to finally eat as well. Let's start with vegetables. Probably a good idea.
1: I will make myself a portion of the different foods at the table and make a similar portion for the child. And I will pick potato, eat a potato, and then I'll offer the potato. It looks at you and blinks, picks up a potato, holds it, looking at it, looks to you, and puts it in its mouth, the whole thing,
2: it begins to chew. You're going to choke the child.
1: That's going to choke itself. And it stops chewing and looks at you, cheeks bulging. I put a potato in my mouth, I chew it, chew it, chew it, and I swallow. It's a whole body swallow when the child does it, and it makes a face, a disagreeable face. Water, please. It drinks the water and sits there and watches everybody at the table eat their dinner. Offer some mutton, small piece. It'll take the mutton, it'll chew, it'll swallow, makes a face, another disagreeable face.
2: I'd say we're going to finish our meal and retire for the evening, unless someone has anything special they want to do. Or do we want to approach the Wisdom this evening before it gets too late and let the Wisdom gather its maps for us to peruse tomorrow?
1: If you guys want to go talk to the Wisdom, I'll stay with the child here. I'll stay with Ehring.
2: Okay, then I'll do so quickly. Uh, It's relatively close, and as long as there's no guard at the door, and as I step out and making weird faces as if I should not be leaving the tavern, I will do exactly that. If anyone wants to come with me, that's fine, but I'm going to make it before it gets too dark and too late. I don't know when these people sleep, but he's old, and old people usually go to bed early.
5: I'll travel with Longway. Do we want to see if we can get the maps tonight? That way we can be on our way. Well, early let's in the ask morning.
2: and if he presents them this evening, then that's fine. But there's a lot of books and a lot of things in there, and I don't think he moves quickly. So it might be that he may needs time to gather them, and that's what I want him to be able to give, so we don't waste another half day here. So I'll go back to the wisdom. In Madry you're accompanying.
4: going with them. Dash. Dash is going to jog along behind the two giants and scope out all the little flats around and uh, see what I can put together in my head for a map of this town.
1: It's not unlike your home in Birch Grove. There's just nothing connecting.
4: Well, it's a lot bigger.
1: It's much bigger. The smallest trees are bigger than the snow birch that the queen lived in. That's a big tree. So you make your way back to the Wisdom, rap on the door. Sabine answers.
2: Sorry for the inconvenience and disturbance once again, but we were hoping that the Wisdom could put together some maps for us so we could more easily find our destination when we leave and not knowing whether he'd need time to gather them with your assistance, I'm sure. We request him this evening for perhaps presentation tomorrow morning. I will make your request. And anything of note to the east, because we are heading east, but we do not know exactly where. So it, now that he knows what's going on, perhaps if he thinks about it for a moment or two, something that he may think would be a potential destination, instructions or maps for that as well would be delightful. As you wish. Thank you. You have a marvelous evening. Good evening. Earring, do you
1: remain in the tavern with the child after everybody leaves? Yes. It's Earring, Mokui, and the child. Mokui went to his room, I thought. Yes, I did earlier. Your companions returned to the tavern. Earring is still in the same spot (laughs) he was in when you left him, as is the child.
2: We made our request. It seemed to be received fairly well, so I guess in the morning we go back and see what they have put together for us for maps.
1: Any sense of the child having relieved itself? None. How long has it been since it's first started uh, consuming the water? More than an hour ago. Okay, so it's still time.
5: Has the child grown since we left and came back?
1: Earring, you can't really tell, but you've been sitting next to the child for the whole time, but it does look a little taller, not a lot, but it just seems taller. And that's the only change is to the height. Its appearance remains the same.
3: Skin color as well, that's what I'm pondering upstairs, because I know it's been basking in the sun and I just didn't know if it was be as
1: pale. Its skin color is darker. It was a a pale white with like a greenish hue, a very light green hue. It's a a little greener looking.
2: Looks like Erring has things under control here. I am going to go to my room, clean my armor and weapons, and retire for the evening and try to get a nice, long, decent sleep in.
1: I'm going to take the child up to. I'm going to not carry it this time. I'm actually going to. Come on, let's go. Let's go upstairs. Let's see if it'll follow me. It follows. Okay, go up to the shared room with Moqui. Check it out. How many beds? Two large beds. The Valanasi are fairly tall. They're taller than your average human, so their beds are much longer and much wider and how are the beds in position with like any windows in the room the beds are up against a solid wall between your room and long way madri and dash's room and the windows are on the outside wall there's another wall of course on the inside dividing it between the next room there's one one large window. Most of the wall is taken up by the window. It lets a lot of natural sunlight in. I'm going to claim the bed, even if Mokui's in it. That's next to the inside wall, away from the window. I'm gonna have the child sleep next to the wall, and I'll sleep as a barrier to the to the rest of the room. The child sits on the bed and just stares at Mokui. I'm not really
3: paying it any attention at the moment. I was actually thinking about taking the acorn and just trying to see if I can figure out anything more about those ruins.
1: I never got that back from the wisdom.
3: No, you did not. Yes, we're making a visit in the morning then. But from (laughs) just going over in my mind, because I did trace them and I did study them for a little while, just trying to see if I can make some
1: sense out of these, you know, what I can remember of them. It really escapes you what the purpose of them are. You've thought perhaps they're a lock to keep the child in. Maybe they were some magical protection It could be anything. You always circle back around to, but then again, maybe it was a lock. Then again, perhaps it was magical protection.
4: Feeding and care instructions for the young acorn.
1: Perhaps. Color eyes and hair? Uh, The eyes are big green orbs. The hair is a greenish hue, a little bit darker than than the skin tone. The hair hasn't grown at all. It is still the same exact length. Which to say is stubble or is it? It's a short crop. It's almost a, a bowl cut. And it's getting greener. Look, wait, what do you think of the name Acorn? I'm like, kind of, like, against it. I don't like it either. But I don't like it either. <laughs> As it's grown, is its appearance still asexual? Yes. Or, okay, so it hasn't taken on any masculine or feminine? None, none at all. All right, so it's still asexual. It's a
5: tree. I, I figured that. Yeah, I did too.
1: Well, that's why I was like, what color are its
3: eyes? Any skin color change. You know, basking in the sun, putting all those together. Is the child
1: still directing to the east? Yes. It's sitting on on the bed you selected, facing Mokui, but looking out the window, which is east facing. Okay. I'm going to lay down, get the child to lay down as well. See if he'll lay down to sleep, if it even sleeps. That's a good question. The night that we were, when we were attacked, did it... here to sleep at all. No. It sat in the corner of your shelter.
2: Is it morning yet? Or is something else going to happen? Did something go bump in the night? I'm going to blame Mokwe if it does. Massive
1: windows on the outside wall bring in a tremendous amount of light first thing in the morning. You are up, quite literally, with the sun. Mokwe, when you wake up, the child is sitting on the bed looking down at you. Why? You hear in your head, Oma, and then it points out the window. We're going to
3: go see Oma. Oma, East, we're going. And I will rouse Ering if he's not up.
1: I'm going to look at the child. Magia, Oma. And it points to the East.
2: I'm sure as the sun comes pouring in our window, both of us wake fairly early anyways. We will go through our morning rituals. Having already tended to my armor and weapons, I will just go through some of my combat motions as he goes through his as well. And after warming up and loosening, I will suggest we head out of the room and see if we can get something for breakfast. Is Dash in the room or is he down naked in the bar? <clears throat> yeah, did he stay in the drawer that we, Dash, we set Dash up for Dash is in the drawer
4: until uh, the kata of the big, huge, heavy portal starts shaking <laughs> the door slowly a little more closed. <laughs> and then I get up and head downstairs.
3: So while in our room, I will also fill up the water glass. using my canteen. Very carefully. And I'll give it
2: to... What's this canteen? The little guy. You're not there. You've seen it. Oh, yeah. His decanter the of it in this water. I'm surprised he hasn't mm-hmm. just turned it on to geyser. And get get away, away from me, you little brat!
1: <laughs> it takes the water skin and just stands there holding it. It's uncorked. It looks down at it, and picks it up, and pours it <laughs> over its head. Did we happen to notice a stream or a brook running through the town? You did not. There are... Several rain catch barrels around the buildings. And then the child becomes violently ill all over the floor. The meat, the vegetables, all the food it ate last night. And it looks down at it and looks up at Earring, and looks over at Mokui. I walk out of the room. What's the state of the food? Does it appear to be digested at all? No. And there's no bile, no... Nothing. Stomach acid. It's just as they were, just... Chewed. All right. I'll clean up the mess. Put it... Somewhere. somewhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> throw
1: it out the window. <laughs> yeah, throw it out the window. Just tuck it under the sheets. <laughs> Put it in Moqui's bed. I'll just dump it out the window. Any of the water come up? No. Something I want to try later. I've gathered my things and take the child downstairs. You go downstairs, you meet your companions down there. A few moments later, Savine enters the tavern. She's got a large sack over her shoulder and a scroll case under one arm. She puts the sack on the, on the table and says, The wisdom has prepared a few things to help you along a new journey. It is not much, but my guess is it will be of great
2: benefit to you. Every little thing you present is much more than we already have. She pulls out
1: five jars and holds them up. They're small jars. She says, This is honey from the local bees. This has healing properties. We keep the bees so that we can heal the sick and injured. Sadly, the disease of the red spots is not affected by this honey, but... If applied to a wound, it will heal the wound. If ingested, it will cure most poisons. If your injuries are grave and they are internal, then if you take the honey and you eat it, it will heal those as well. We've prepared a jar for each of you. Thank you. That is a tremendous gift. We've prepared cakes from the honey. While they will not heal you, they will provide you with the energy on your long and grueling journey. Thank you once again. The wisdom has provided a set of clothes for your child. And she drops a package of clothing bound with a cord on the table. I take that, and I undo the cord, and I try to dress the child. The child seems to be willing to wear the clothing. It's a little little baggy on the child, but you assume it'll grow into it. Probably by dinner. <laughs> and while I cannot leave this with you, I will share with you one of the maps that the Wisdom pulled from his, his shelves. This will show you the route to Magia Swamp, and our assumption of where her cottage is excellent
2: um i will break out a quill and a parchment and do the best i can brother
5: allow me i have experience with this
2: good because my my drawing abilities
5: are horrible i know Battery busts out his cartographer's tools and starts making an almost
1: exact replica she'll pack all the things back in the bag set it aside finally she will produce the acorn the wisdom has studied this extensively and made all the notes that he feels he needs did he perchance uh, divine anything new that we may need sadly he has not but magia is a witch of great knowledge and experience we are certain that magia will be able to answer your questions at least in some part
2: then once again it's more than we've had up to this point greatly appreciated do you require horses for travel it would expediate things considerably.
1: We shall make sure that there are horses provided to you at the outskirts of town. Is there a brook or stream that runs through town? There are no brooks or streams that run through town. However, there is a pond not far away, and on your journey to the east, you should encounter it. Thank you.
2: Can we make sure that these steeds are comparable to the more diminutive size of our group, as opposed to the stately stature of the Valanesi? And the heft
3: of our group I'd look over
1: (laughs) I was going to ask for a cart and two mules we will provide a sturdy steed for your tortle companion and a suitable mount for your human companion
4: go down here
1: ah yes and of course a pony for the smaller ones still gonna look funny but she'll go much faster than on a small dog now you're
2: sounding like a flyer Again, we appreciate all that has been bequeathed us. The wisdom
1: wishes you to know that he had sent runners out in all directions this morning of the compass to spread the word of what you encountered. A small amount of comfort comes from knowing that. Sadly, you are correct. Good luck on your journey. Thank you, lady. May Sir bless you, grant you a safe journey, safe travels, and grant you the information that you seek. Again, thank you. So you leave the tavern with your newly acquired
2: traveling goods. As we leave, and now that she's gone, I'm going to tell them out of earshot of any of the other Balanessi. Who's Sir No idea. Is that like their queen or something?
1: Sir is one of the gods.
2: Oh, I didn't recognize the name. Perhaps we know this god or goddess under a different name.
1: As you approach the outskirts of town, there are two horses and three ponies waiting for you alongside a gentleman who's holding their reins. He'll hand the ponies off to Dash and Mokui, And long way. And the sturdiest of the horses he hands. It's human-sized.
2: Yeah, actually I am.
1: I keep forgetting you're a large kobold. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm a giant in in that particular community. You're five feet? A little over five feet. It's the
1: Shaquille O'Neal of kobolds. Of of kobolds, (laughs)
2: yeah. (laughs) I'm 5'8". Oh my god, you're so I, I giant am, I am human size. That's that's why I was the general. I was much larger than everyone else. Room. Well then they'll provide you with a horse
1: of suitable size. The largest, of course, goes to Madri.
5: Much appreciated.
1: And the child will ride with me. I will cast speak with animals. Okay now, fella.
4: Never done this before. Be <laughs> nice with me. I'll feed ya. What would you like to be called? And I will keep up conversation for the first couple minutes of walking.
1: You almost hear. A sinister chuckle. (laughs) And that's where we'll end it for this week.
0: Join us next time as the adventure continues on An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. Thank you to our cast, Frank Whedon, Ben Petrie, Bill Robitaille, Louis Aponte, Sin Morse, and your DM, Scott. A special thanks to you, our listeners. You are why we do this every week. We'll see you next time in the dojo.